Hello and welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we're returning once again to the world of audio dramas and Big Finish. And we've picked an Eighth Doctor story to talk about this time, Sword of Orion. But first, as usual, the news. Um, now... As we would expect, leading up to the Christmas special, uh, there's not a lot of news to talk about. There's a few little sort of bits and pieces to uh, to talk about. Um, but first, first of all, obviously, um, what time is Twice Upon a Time going to be shown on Christmas Day? Well, it's been revealed it's going to be shown on 5.30pm on BBC One. So um, there is that the earliest, I said the earliest, was it on that time last year? It seems to be quite early to my mind. No, I think it was on about that time last year. I think it? it does get the earlier slot on Christmas Day. Yeah, I think it's meant to be the sort of like the, the premiere show for the day now, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. So um, now overseas, obviously, this is going to be shown as well. Um, it's going to be shown on BBC America and on Space at nine pm, and on ABC Australia on the twenty sixth of December at seven thirty pm. Mm. So it's so so once everyone's full of turkey. Christmas pudding, mince pies, and, and most important of all, booze. We, we can all sit down and enjoy Doctor Who. So, <laughs> but drink responsibly. Of course, of course. I'm, do you know what? I'm actually sort of getting a little bit um, sort of nervous about this now because I don't actually want Capaldi to go. <laughs> 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 it seems such a shame. It seems such a shame right now. It's, it's, it's got an exciting time coming up, but um, I, don't, I really don't want him to go. To be honest. All right. Yeah. Oh well, we're not only losing here, we're losing Stephen Moffat, and um, and it appears um, Murray Gold, and of course Pearl Mackey. This is her final appearance as well, so it's uh, truly is the end of an era. It really it is. is. It really is. Now, as we reported on our uh, the last podcast we put out, sort of about two weeks ago now, um, there were some preview showings of uh, Twice Upon a Time being shown um, or ranged by BBC North, <clears throat> and. Um, there's been an absolute massive demand for the preview tickets. It's, it's been it's been like the BFI all over again, isn't it? Really, yeah. with the um, anniversary year, um, with almost thirty five thousand entries in the ticket ballot. Um, do, do you think that's another example of the BBC underestimating the popularity of Doctor Who? <laughs> no, not particularly. I, I know. I, I think I think they haven't. But I think it makes good reading to say that they've had to turn people away. Yeah, I know. I know. I think it's absolutely amazing. And good stuff as well. Good stuff. I mean, apparently, so the ticket I was about to pose on the BBC red carpet alongside the props in the show, including Daleks of the TARDIS. So it's uh, really making it into more of an, uh, an event rather than just pitching up and watching it yeah. and going home again. You know, so it's... Uh, no, I mean, for those the lucky people who have got the uh, got the tickets, well done. Well done. So the ballot is now closed. So, um, and it's going to be... Uh, a random draw with is it, apparently with forty five percent going to local postcodes, forty five percent going to the surrounding county, and ten percent to the rest of the UK. Yeah, no, I think which that's is only right, exactly, it. exactly. It's only it's only right and proper. I, I would I would say to that. I really do. It but should, if it's happening in your town, you should have more chance of getting yeah. tickets than somebody. Yeah, in London or something. Yeah, damn straight, damn straight. I think that, I think that's a damn good thing. That is a good thing. Hmm. Um, now. Uh, moving on, so we're rattling through this news uh, quite quickly this week. Um, now, it appears that Twice Upon a Time is getting another cinema out of this time in Denmark, actually. Yes. yes. Now, there, there is a um, <laughs> a listing 
um, on, on, on sort of a, a presentation, but it's all in Danish, so I'm not even going to attempt to read it out. So <laughs> oh, I've been waiting all day for this. <laughs> oh dear! Now they've got some. Um, I can't even pronounce the town names either. But there's there's three locations it's going to be showing, um, and it's going to be on the 26th of December at 4 p.m., 27th of December at 6:30 p.m., and the 31st of December at midday. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm just thinking this is, this, is, this is where we really need to be enlisting the help of Sandy Toxfig, isn't it? It she, is, she, isn't it? She's presenting nearly everything else. She could have done this. <laughs> well, it's all part of the Cinemax chain. It's, it's Cinemax with a large X at the end. Um, so um, look at the for our sort of, if we do have any Danish listeners, I've got absolutely no idea if we if we do or don't. If you do, hello. Um, you can find details of these showings on the Cinemax website. Okay, but uh, but still no sort of late reprieve of a, of a British cinema showing, really. No, none at all. No, it it is going to be the the Northern tour, isn't it? It is. It. Yeah, yeah. Unless they do something afterwards. So maybe in the new year or something. Mm, I'd, have thought, I'd have thought they'd have announced it by now if I, I was going to do yeah, that. But, oh, it might be a, a late showing. Who knows? Mm. Who knows? Now, um, talking of Doctor Who Christmas specials, uh, BBC iPlayer. We, this is pretty long, long ago we've uh, actually recorded the podcast. This was actually announced on the 29th of November. Um, but the BBC iPlayer are going to show all of the modern Doctor's regenerations um, over the Christmas period. And it's going to and it's going to be shown running up to the Christmas special um, on Christmas Day. So you're going to have part of the ways, uh, the end of time, uh, time of the Doctor, uh, and day of the Doctor as well with John Hurt. Um, there's no news yet on night of the Doctor that that might have, they might be on a, on a later news article. Hmm. I don't know, but it does say that's still available to watch um, on the BBC YouTube channel, or if you just got the DVD. Yes. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Um, I th- Again, it's very, very nice and everything. Just a shame there's not any um, sort of showing for classic Doctors on there. Yes. I know, okay, you haven't got much... Well, I don't know, you, you could do now do it with um, uh, with Hartnell, couldn't you? Now you, they did the recon for uh, the 10th planet. Yeah. And, and well, to, to be honest, there's always been that little scene, hasn't there, for... Oh, there's always been that little clip, a surviving clip to uh, yeah. to watch. Yeah, so, exactly, exactly. I don't know. I know. Yeah, well, it's just a nice thing to do, really, isn't it? To be honest, more than anything yeah. else. You know, for those those who just want to sort of you know, just just want to watch those episodes, the why you want to watch End of Time again, I don't know, but uh, that's that's. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. that's It'll up be to a you. Bit of a while, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming it's just End of Time Part Two. Not part one. <laughs> I, d- I don't. Mind you, it wouldn't make much sense if they just show part two, I suppose, but. <laughs> as, as, as in, it makes a lot of sense if they show both parts. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear, yes, with the, the potions and unexplained, yes. <laughs> unexplained characters sort of travelling through time without <laughs> any TARDIS or anything, really. Oh, I don't yes. know. Yeah. <clears throat> Mind you, the Thomas could do that in Pertwee's era, though, couldn't they? Especially, was it um, Terror of the Autons? He appeared in mid-air at that um, tracking station place. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's by some. Yeah, well. has been known, has been known. But, uh, oh, well, there you go, there you go. Now, um, moving on to our last news item, actually. Um, it's um, some news for Series 11, actually. Um, there's going to be a new sort of filmic look, as it says here. Uh, for Series 11, because the BBC um, 
have sort of been supplied with some new fancy cameras uh, by a company called Films at Fifty Nine, and um, they've been. Now this is uh, for those of you in the know, and I'm not actually. The the these new cameras are come with Cook Anamorphic Prime lenses and Anzenu Optimo Anamorphic zooms that will be used with the Ari Alexa XT and Alex Mini cameras. So yes. yeah, so it's to increase cinematic look to the show. Um, which went into production at the end of October, and um, now that there have been, have you seen some of the um, sort of set photos? Well, not set photos, but they've, they've been recording outside. There's been, no, there's, I been there's been a few doing nothing, nothing spoilery, um, but uh, you know, obviously we haven't sort of put them up anywhere on any of our Facebook pages or or, or Twitter feeds or whatever. Um, Yes, I mean this really is a sort of a, a bold new, or not bold, but a brave new world for Doctor Who, isn't it? I mean, is Doctor Who the only thing that's going to be filmed in this, or at least the first thing, or is it just basically BBC Cardiff is upgrading all its cameras and it's just we're interested in it because it's Doctor Who news? Well, it might be. I mean, I begin to wonder whether they're going back to the um, the multi-camera um set up again for Doctor Who rather than just the single camera which they apparently use now. So um hmm. I'm, I'm I'm really interested to see how this turns out. Hmm. I really am interested to see how this turns out. See <laughs> if we even notice. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Because <laughs> oh, gonna... yeah, give it what, ten months till it's off. <laughs> We'd have forgotten about this. Oh more then. than likely. More than likely. Yeah it's sort of a... <laughs> do you, I'll be asking you in the podcast in 10 months do you, do you think it's got a more cinematic quality Paul? nah <laughs> <laughs> moving on then <laughs> yeah that's um, no I'm, I'm just you know as, as I said earlier I'm, I'm sad that Capaldi's going but I'm I'm very much looking forward to what they're doing. <laughs> I was getting a bit worried then we were going to find you trained, chained to the railings outside Cardi <laughs> chained to Peter Capaldi Capaldi <laughs> handcuffed yourself to him until he, until he <laughs> until you agrees to, to stay on exactly I'll, have to, I'll just have to hide out of shot <laughs> It will be your hand will be like the hand on Sutek's cushion, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I'll be accidentally knocking props over and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I wish you, I wish this <laughs> was gonna happen, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> They have to shoot Capaldi every time they have to shoot him when he's standing at the edge of a corridor <laughs> with one arm around the corner. <laughs> or I just sort of slide my other hand through the sleeve of his coat. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Come on, Paul, let's make this happen. I'm, I'm going to get into Doctor somehow if it's just my hands. I'm going to get in it somehow. <laughs> Oh crikey! Oh well. well, actually, one thing we we did do um, like, since the last recording, we 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 did actually go to we talk, mentioned the BFI, or we went to the BFI, didn't we? Yes, we did. Uh, yes, yes, to the uh, the Sharda screening, and um, that's a very enjoyable. It was too. Yes, so much so that you're almost a convert to Sharda, aren't you? Yes, yes, because um, as everyone knows who's, who's been a long-term listener of this podcast, um, I, I'm not Douglas Adams' biggest fan. 
Um, I, I just don't sort of get the humour. But um, I th- this was really, really good. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, uh, apparently, though, um, I must admit, I haven't actually got round to watching the DVD itself yet because I've only recently no. just watched it on the big screen. Um, it, I, I, as I understand it, it's not an episodic format. It is an right. Om- you see it as, as the... like. We saw it in 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 the BFI as an omnibus or or um or sort of cinematic version. If we're going to talk about yeah. cinematic stuff, so um yeah, and I and I now have read in Levine's review. Have you? Yeah, he likes the music. Right. He does like the music, um, but he says it's not as good as his one. He reckons the animation. I haven't seen his version, so I can't compare it. But he, he says the animation is better on his one, and apparently they cut a lot of scenes out. Of right. this BBC one, which I've got no idea what he's talking about. So um, I think he's actually filmed the actual script, uh, but he used other actors, didn't he, to voice the characters, as I understand it. I mean, I mean the fact of the animation is basically they've gone with a particular style, haven't they, of animation for the, for the well, stories they've animated? Yeah, they sort of nailed their cars to the mask with that one, haven't they? And that's what they're yeah. that's what they're going for. And I don't mind it. I've got used to it. I and mean, people think it's not very, you know, sort of very good. It's a bit cheap looking, not very articulate. But um, I think I think it suits it. Yeah, I really do. I think it suits it. So I'm not uh, I'm not bothered about it at all, to be honest. I I enjoyed no. it. I really enjoyed it. And the uh, the Q and A afterwards was. Um, Pretty short and sweet, though, wasn't it? Unfortunately, yeah, you, you you felt that they they'd <laughs> they'd misjudged how long it was the episode. What actually was going to take was going to be film wise, mm. or not? Because it does it does seem to be like a case of like, oh, is that the time when it finished? Wasn't it? Well, we better do this quickly. Yeah. So they didn't even give people time to go out to the toilet, really, did they? Well, no, they sort of said you can go out now, but then they started doing like another sort of prize giving thing. To- yeah. You know, sort of free DVDs and stuff to people in the audience, uh, and then, then it was sort of a quick couple of Q and A's. Um, and Frank Skinner was there, but this time he was he was actually a guest, wasn't he? Yes, on, the, on one of the panels. So it was, uh, and Matthew Waterhouse was there as well. Yes. So, and, and obviously some of the actors who were sort of uh, attached to um, to Shada itself. So it was um, no, it was it was just a nice. Basically, they had the actors, and then Matthew Waterhouse always been a fan, and Frank Skinner's obviously always been a fan, fan. of the show. So it, it, that, that's they were there in that capacity, weren't they? Yes. Yeah. So no, it was it was a damn good afternoon. Um, we we got a free copy of the DVD as well, which was uh, which was nice. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I haven't watched mine either yet because literally I have only just watched it. Yeah. On the big screens, so. yeah. So I'm, I'm in no real rush to watch it again. So um, right. even though I did enjoy it, that's that's not a disparaging comment. So I, I did enjoy it. I, I certainly did. So uh, there we are. That's pretty much it for the news. Really, it's a bit a bit of a dull week news wise, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Oh dear. Oh dear. Well, anyway, hopefully we'll um we'll cheer things up. Um, because next we're going to talk about uh sort of Orion from Big Finish. So that's coming up very shortly. So let's wrap this up then. It's another week then. That was the news. Right then, everybody. We're now going to talk about Sword of Orion. (laughs) This is better than I'd hoped for. 
can't see any damage. I bet the weapons systems are in perfect condition. Those squaddies in the ride will give anything for high-class equipment. We are gonna make a killing. Doctor! Doctor! Where are you? No luck, then. <gasps> I thought for a moment you were going to cry out for help. Oh, how can you be so annoying? Anyone hear that? Negative. What have you got, Kelsey? Uh, something that sounds not nice. What's that? What? Stay where you are, Doctor. You saw something? Yes. Yes, something moving on the deck. Over there. It... Doctor? It's gone now. Why has my revival been delayed? And before we actually get started, a little warning, there will be spoilers. If you haven't heard this before, switch off now and come back when you listen to it, because we will be discussing more than likely the plot in in great detail. Okay, so you have been warned, you have been warned. Okay, um, because this was actually first released by Big Fish in 2001, so it's uh, 16 years old now. So, um, yeah, I think we can safely say, you know... Most most Doctor Who fans should have heard this by now, but just in case, just in case. So yes. uh, anyway, um, it's your turn to to kick this off, Paul. So what what did what did you think? Right, um, I I, I do really like this this story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably one of the first of the big finish productions I ever heard. Oh right, okay, okay, and very much. St- Sort of, yeah, got me. Oh no, I'm not, you know, into these and realised that actually these could be really good. Yeah. Um, I wonder if I'd have heard other ones. Perhaps <laughs> it might not have you ever might have gone very your much mind, further. Yeah. <laughs> but fortunately, I think, as far as I'm concerned, I started off with with a very good one, and then I was pretty much hooked on it. Yeah. Yeah. That... Um, it is. It is just so atmospheric. It is. It's. It's really, really well done. Um, and and I agree with you. I I really enjoyed this as well. Uh, I, I listened to it a, a couple of times and uh, enjoyed it on both occasions. Uh, you know, even, probably even more so on the on the second listen. And and I must admit, this is the first time that I actually listened to it. I haven't. Um, right. I can't remember what, what the first big finish story I actually heard. Uh, I think it was a McCoy one actually. Um, but uh, no, I agree. It was extremely atmospheric. Um, and to be honest, it's everything I want from an audio drama. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the fact of just... I mean, I, I particularly like Doctor Who and sort of base under sieges, which this very quickly become Well, reasonably quickly becomes. Yeah. Um, but they, they tend to be the sort of thing I like. So, yeah, this, is, this, this does tick all the boxes for me. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean the only sort of um, I can put it sort of, I'm not gonna say downside, but the only thing you you kind of have to know what happened in the in the, in the previous story. Oh, was it Stormwalling, wasn't it? 
because there, there's something at the beginning that, that's a carryover from the previous story, which is the Ramsey, the, the Vultisaur creature. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. The first, if if you don't, the first five minutes is a bit a bit mm. is, is is a bit odd. But yeah, and it is it all, fits. I would say it's also that it's just then just forgotten about as well. He's sort of yes. like he's he's left in the TARDIS, and that's it. Now now we're onto the onto the you know the, the story proper. Um, yeah, and actually, it was it was quite weird hearing it, sort of almost in the style of uh, Modern Who before Modern Who came back, because you get like a a pre credit sequence. Don't that that was that was basically the Ramsey part, wasn't it? Yeah, was that which I haven't sort of really heard before on, on the because um, it's one of the very early Big Finish stories, isn't it? So I say it's two thousand and one. So I suppose then they were sort of carving their own their own niches with regards to to Doctor Who, because McGann was really their Doctor. Mm. Wasn't he really? Yeah. He, he, I mean, they, he's the big yeah, Finnish they, doctor more than anything else. They they also had the advantage of they knew they weren't trying to fit it in around the um, past series because at that stage they had a pretty open ended doctor. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously they they do give nods to sort of previous throughout the story, sort of previous Cyberman. In fact, they mentioned Planet Fourteen, which was how they refer to Earth in the Invasion. Things yeah. like that. So there's nods to Doctor Who history, but obviously nothing to. There's nothing in in that Doctor's arc that sort of gets you. You get bogged down with. No, it's like a it's like a blank canvas, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and like I say, whereas in the future when they've had to do a fifth Doctor or so, mm. you've, they've had to place it particularly so it still fits in with the TV timeline. Yeah. Whereas obviously at the time of doing these with. Uh, McGann, there there wasn't a TV timeline for them to fit in with. You'd, no, you'd had the film, and that was that. <laughs> well, I mean, to a certain degree, you still so they could they could they could go where they wanted, really. Well, as I say, to a certain degree, you you can still really sort of get away with that with McGann because none of these stories mm. have been televised. And okay, it's it's you know where it's gonna it's gonna end at night at the Doctor. Yeah, uh, but there's no reason why they they just can't keep churning them out all the time. He wants to do it, or was able to do yeah. it, I should say. You know. But um, but yeah, I mean, it is a. Um, I, I was I found the, the 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 plot to this it was very enjoyable. It, it was all like a an amalgamation of different Cyberman stories, if you see what I mean. Because you yeah. had yeah, because the I mean, actually, did you know? I I picked up immediately on the music, which was like the tomb uh, tombs of the Cybermen. Yeah, um, it's very much sort of echoing that that sort of that sort of uh, sound, uh, which I loved. I thought it was great. Um, the Cyberman voices that Nick Briggs um, helped to to recreate, uh, along with was it Alistair Locke? Um, they were sort of capturing the Davison, the eight nineteen eighties kind of Cybermen, and the way they didn't turn up until until think, right the end of yeah, the, was it yeah. Ep- episodes? Two is it? I can't remember. So you actually find out what what they are. Yeah. So they're sort of kept back in reserve somewhat. There's a, there's a nice little mystery. Only, unfortunately, um, if you'd had if you you know if you've got the the, um, the CD or you've got the download, the cover shows you Cybermen on the front. Yeah. Which is about unfortunate. If they didn't do that, it, it just said sort of right and gives nothing away there. No. You know. So get no. That, it, 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 was, it was a, very it, it was very much earth shocking that sense. It wasn't was. It? But yeah. Was, yeah, um, and I and 
you know, I really don't mind it. As you said, it was like it was a base under siege thing, so it was echoing uh, Troughton as well. So um, I I loved it. I really loved yeah. it. I, I say it was derivative in places, but it, it was derivative in a good way. Yes, it was nods rather than yeah copying. Yeah, like, like, like a retread or something. Mm. You know, it was it was good. Yeah, I mean. I liked the actual you. You actually got to know the characters before the, the the danger starts, if you like, as well with mm. this. Yeah, which you don't often get with the audio plays, and you don't often get now with with Doctor Who now anyway. Well, no, that's right. You don't. Um, but this this is a four part story, so it's got time to 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 build. Yeah, and, and do a, you know a bit of world building, a bit of character building. Uh, whereas, as you say, some of the sort of like the ones that are just like two parts, it's you're into it immediately, aren't you? There's no, there's no, you've got to accept it for what it is, basically. If you, if you sort of take my meaning, there's no, there's yeah, no, there is no build up. You're just in it, bang, done. Um, yeah, I mean, I like right, that, you, you know, you meet all Grash's little gang as yeah. as it goes through. You know, one at a time, you know, they're sort of introduced without it being a, you know, oh, here's everybody. Mm, yeah, exactly. Now what are we going to do about the Cybermen sort of thing? Yeah. And it's even sort of going back to the, the old days of um, sort of set the story up with Doctor. You have, a, you have a couple of disposable characters. Yeah. Which we get in um, Thinnison and, and Digley, played by Mark Gatiss and Barnaby Edwards. So, yes. um yeah, so again, it's sort of like they. That was always like usually your opening to your first episode, wasn't it? You get the the, the threat was revealed almost off camera, or you would sit from their point of view, and two minor characters yeah. are sort of offed in the first ten minutes. And this is basically what you get. This is, I mean, this is almost like old school Doctor Who we're getting here. Yeah. Even though there's sort of, as I said, there's that modern twist with with the pre credits uh, credits. <laughs> I'm hunting wabbits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> pre-credits sequence. Um, it, it's very. It's as, as you said early on. It, it is like a a, a trout and based on the siege. It's old-fashioned classic. Who we're getting here? Yeah, definitely. But it doesn't shy. I mean, e- even for an, for an audio play, it doesn't shy away from the the actual really good on on what the horror of the Cybermen are. No, it doesn't, does it? It's really you do really feel that these are people. Well, these are not necessarily people anymore. Were but, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they are to be feared. Yeah. Even if you didn't, if you'd never heard of a Cyberman story before, mm. you would know what the terror is in this. You would do, yeah. From yeah, from the point of the the, the convert going to the conversion room when it's not being worked. When it's not working, yeah, and they're talking about the stench of it there, because of the bodies that are in mid conversion. To yeah. well, yeah, to then, well, so they make mention about the the dots makes mention that you know the the what's left of the you know the the flesh is all rotten away, but all the um, sort of like augments are, are like straight off the shiny and shining new, yeah. straight off the factory line. Yeah, it was quite yeah. a, a gruesome image, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, totally. And you you could picture it and get the you know the horror of that, yeah. and then even to the later on where um, Grash and Vol are 
being converted. Mm. And it wakes them up from their automated being controlled. Yeah. So they can feel the pain of conversion. Yeah, it was horrible. It was. I mean, but but absolutely, but brilliant. I mean, you know, it's... Well, exactly. It's not meant to be a nice process, is it? You're having your humanity no. stripped away, you know, in a, in a very violent, uh, violent manner. So uh, it was... Obviously, they could probably get away... Do you know what? I, I think it... I mean, I, mean, I, I, I yeah. thought it was a better... A better depiction of, of of that than you ever got in. I know. I know modern Doctor Who can't show that much gruesome things, but to a certain than what you ever got in, say, um, Age of Steel or whatever. Well, I was you didn't f- get that feel of dread from that as I did from this. Hmm. Yeah. I was thinking more of the Colin Baker story. Um, that, that sort of, obviously that was the last Subman sort of, sort of well no yeah like Silver Nemesis obviously but um, Colin Baker's story where he tried to show the horror of, of cyber conversion yes um, but I think this achieved more by not showing anything you just heard it yeah and 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 that's all good audio stories should um, should do is make you see it in your mind's eye your imagination yeah. can go off in any direction it wants to and. And I think this really achieved that because we both, we both have come away from listening to that, but think that was, that was horrible. Yeah, you know, it is re- really, really effective, um, and that's that's why I think it was it was such a, a good audio story. Yeah, and, and what I said about sound effects, that that bit of the conversion bit, and also the when they're actually waking up the mm. controller. Yeah, that sound of him breaking out. Yeah, of his cocoon sort of thing it was just brilliant, and 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 was quite a long piece of sound effect. It was because you did have a sort of a, a sort of think what what is going on here. You yeah. Know? Um. But then then it was very 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 sort of quickly explained. I must admit though, when I was I first listened to it, I was going to think yeah, we need some of the the uh, Tim Trelaw um, narration over the top. This lets know what's going on, but. But, but as soon as it, that bit was over, and then you heard the cyber leader's voice, it became immediately apparent. Yeah, you know. I mean, I've just got I've just got that image of him coming out of, in, as you say, tomb of the Cybermen. Yeah, yeah, I, was... yeah. I, I just think it was. Um, yeah, I, I just loved it. I loved it. I mean, I'm, I've got to be honest. It, it was a little bit attack of the Cybermen in with regards to nobody gets out of this alive apart from the Doctor and Charlie. Yes. Sorry, spoilers there. We did warn you. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a very that's another thing as well. It's very Eric Saywood in its nihilistic approach to, <laughs> to to people, you know, in the cast. To be honest with you, but um, well, so, and, and I suppose it, it's also very Attack of the Cybermen, as in the fact that they're all crooks ooh, as well. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, you're kind of hoping that um, at least Vol. Um, the character of Violet yes. would make it out because he's the only one that you could sort of feel any any sympathy for. Yeah, um, you know, you think may- maybe Chev, but she was just was quite able to follow Grash around. Yeah, anywhere, and um, and there were yeah, they, at least oh, at least Vol at least Vol was 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 refusing to follow orders and shoot Charlie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, yeah, so oh, it's just unfortunate. Poor old Vol and um, Chev got. Converted, Ike. Well, Ike got shot, and you, you assume was uh, was con- was going to be put through conversion. And um, 
Yeah, the, now the Grash character. Now, we, we looked through the cast list, didn't we? And only this evening. Yeah, I mean, so I don't like to look at the the cast list before I listen to it, just because I, I start to get pre yeah uh, ideas of what of what people look like. Yeah, and I, I quite like to just listen to it and then well, it was find only, out who's done it afterwards. Well, yeah, it was only just tonight we realised it was Mark Gatiss. Yeah, doing the thinnest character, and Barnaby was doing Diggly. But the one that um, surprised us both was um, the actor who played Grash, Bruce Montague. Now. A lot of you probably won't know who Bruce Montague is, and the name probably won't mean anything to you. Um, but to us, he was in a 1970s sitcom. Uh, well, it actually featured another Doctor alumni, actually, Jeffrey Palmer. Um, yes. Yeah, Butterflies. Um, now, he was the love interest, Bruce Montague, for Wendy uh, Wendy Craig's character. Yes, he was Leonard. Leonard, that was it, yeah. So, um, yeah. And, I, and plays a reasonably... Posh. You know, sophisticated yeah. businessman, and he drives around, he's chauffeur driven around, and everything. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, no, I never at all, at all put it down as as him. Yeah, um, in and, this, and I think, I mean, I suppose you could say it was a little bit pantomime to a certain degree, um, but I think it, it worked in the context that you you were actually waiting for him to get his comeuppance. He was a he was a truly yeah. hissable villain, wasn't he? <laughs> yes. He was. I mean, and I, and I think, yeah, to, to almost take the edge of his demise was... was good. And it was... Yeah. And actually, I quite like the way the way he did go, which was basically still fighting. Yeah. But more, more of his own... It was sort of full of his own hubris than anything else, wasn't he? Sort of like, yeah. You no, know, it was sort of... I, it was also I've got powerful connections. It was that kind of thing, yeah. You know, um, before he got whacked, it was like a, I don't know, like, like a gangster sort of thing. He was, he, he was a gangster. He was a smuggler, wasn't he? Yeah. So uh, black market. So right. Well, you, you, you suspect he, he was particularly trying to to run that sector of the universe or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I thought his character was great. Actually, actually, do you know what? I think there wasn't a weak link at all um, in this no. story for me. There really wasn't. I think every, everybody had their part to play. There were no sort of disposable characters. No, you, you could argue that Mark Gatiss and Barnaby Edwards' characters were, were disposable, and, and they were, but they were written that way. Right? Yeah. They're supposed to be disposable. They're setting the scene, and that was it. And their job was done. Um, you know, yeah. So great. You know. So. Um, well, I suppose the only people we haven't sort of spoken about uh, is Paul McGann and India Fisher. Or, or the captain, actually. Oh, yes. So, um, you mean Diva Jansen? Yes. 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 Um, that was a good character as well. It was. Uh, they slightly, they probably foretold it a bit too much, I think, what the, the twist was that was coming there. Possibly, yeah. Well, I, I don't know really because they sort of set up as a as a double agent. Yeah. So I think on 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 that front, that was quite good. It, it wasn't quite as straightforward as you thought it might have been. Yeah, but it was just a bit where obviously when they break into the 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 uh, conversion chamber, mm. it's obvious then that she's not quite all she seems because she's able to shift the door. Yeah. On her own, basically. But it was it was still kind of subtle in a way. 
Yeah. Because there was there's an awful lot that goes on in this story, to be honest. And I'm not saying you, you sort of have to you have to keep up with it, but there, there's a lot to pay attention to. Yeah. I, I mean the yeah. fact the fact that um well you've got the two stories, haven't you? You you have got the well you've got three stories here. You've got Grash and his little gang. Yeah. You've got the the the, the Orion Robot War. Yeah. And you've got the Cyberman uh, conversion ship. Yeah. Well, I, I, and how they all link is is pretty good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I did also like the fact that the way it sort of flip flops back between um, the smuggler ship, the Vanguard, and then the cyber ship. Yeah, as well. Um, and I, I thought it was good actually because they sort of split them up quite a bit. And there was, as you said, there were two. <clears throat> at some points, there were like two separate strands of the plot moving along. Because you had stuff happening on the Vanguard, you had stuff happening on the Cyber Ship, um, and I and I liked it. I liked the way it went backwards and forwards. It wasn't it wasn't purely about the Doctor. Yeah, you know he was he wasn't you know in every single scene. So I I really liked that, and that's what made me think it was old school Who to a certain degree. Charlie went off doing her own bit for a while as well as the Doctor went off and did did his thing. So um, no, I liked it, and I and I I haven't heard enough of. Um, Charlie Pollard, if I'm perfectly honest, but I really do like the character. Yeah, oh, and, and certainly her interaction with Paul McGann's Doctor is yeah, is very good because she's you know to have a full fright companion with his slightly um, what's the I'm trying I'm trying, trying to think of the word as being uh, I can't think of it so I'm actually doing an impression of it rather than saying <laughs> it. <laughs> sort of. Uh, you know, he's not always quite focused on the the, the problem in hand. No, no, no. Distracted. So, yeah, I think is probably the word. Yeah, there. He's, he, how he, how he's, how were you miming distracted at home there? I was <laughs> <laughs> just not paying attention to what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> you distracted yourself. That's brilliant. Well done. <laughs> But he does. He's 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 not quite. You always get the feeling that's you know, if, if a butterfly flew past in the middle of trying to defeat a Cyberman, he'd get he'd get interested in that for about five minutes. Yeah, that sort of yeah. No, I, got, I, 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 didn't, I which I quite like. Yeah. But then, but then having her as you know, basically keeps pulling him back and pushing him in the right direction. Well, I think she's a little bit too honest as well. Yeah. Um, and so you will get like the, you know the doctor going oh thank you Charlie you know it's sort of you know mm. I didn't really I didn't want to tell them that but oh well it's, it's done is that is that attitude I didn't want to say that but oh it's done now and, yeah and he's just got to sort of <laughs> just adapt to the situation so no I, I really I really do like the character of Charlie Pollard I really do um, I think I need, need to listen to a bit more so well we, <laughs> well you went mad at the recent um, the ninety nine p sale big finish didn't you so. Yes. Yeah, so we, we do happen to listen to. <laughs> yes, we, we have covered ourselves for a bit now, so that's good. <laughs> We're very early big finish at that. Yes. Early big finish. Um, so obviously that just leaves us with, with, with Paul McGann, uh, to be honest. Um, and I don't think I've, I've... Obviously I haven't listened to all of his stuff, and what I have listened to I've, I've enjoyed uh, on the whole, and I, I think this, this is the, the, the best he's been, what I've listened to so far, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, I, I do like his doctor. 
I yeah. mean, I think it is it is a shame that we never. I mean, what would really have turned out like this had we had the series we were supposed to have had with him? I don't know. I don't. I probably doubt. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know though. It, I don't know. It, it was sort of more the that sort of like start of the, of the more vulnerable Doctor, wasn't yes. it? Yes. You know, and which which obviously when the show came out in two thousand and five, that it, it it certainly had echoes of. Um, of I, I feel him of McGann's interpretation, and it makes me wonder what they would have done if there hadn't been McGann in the middle of it all. Yeah, you know, would they have just sort of carried on straight away from how Docs have been sort of you know portrayed in the past? And but I, th- I think that as, as not as great as a TV movie is, it certainly was the template. I th- I feel for the for modern Doctor Who. Yeah, you know, even sort of you know, nineteen years before it actually happened. I, th- I think it was it was a, a template. So, um, and I think McGann's doctor's got a, a lot to do with it. Um, and I, I'm glad they actually. I mean, the Big Finish could have taken it in any direction because let's be honest, that was just his one story, and they could have had him his doctor evolve like they did with um, Capaldi's, and they tried to do it with Colin Baker's. Yeah, tried to get him evolve over a certain period of time, but no, that 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 is his doctor. That's it. What you see is what you get, and I and I really like it. I really do. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I, I'm no. I thought he was really, really good in this one, and not as uh, how can I put it? not as vulnerable as he has been in other other stories that I've listened to. Um, and it was nice to sort of have the Doctor sort of more or less not you know more or less in control. He's mm. making things happen rather than just reacting to things around him. If you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean the comment about. Being too clever by half was very pertinent to this to, to his performance in to the, to the Doctor in this story. Yeah, you get the feeling he actually knows where they're going right from the start. Yeah, but I also like the fact that it's also a bit of a it's a mystery for everybody in this. The Doctor doesn't know; he's never seen this this cyber ship before. It's a complete yeah. mystery to him, and. And I, and I like that fact, actually. I like the fact that he's, you know, he, he has to figure it out as he goes along as well. And mm. I, I, it's just really, I say, really refreshing. Um, you know, you can you can pop on any old DVD of Doctor and get the sim- similar sort of thing. But um, just I think just because it's McGann, to be honest. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. Yeah. And 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 he's basically, you sort of wonder at what point did he suss the captain. Mm. Because obviously that's why he went down to the. Yeah, he knew something was up, her. didn't he? Yeah, because he wanted to find out what she was, and it's almost where when she then starts to try and negotiate with them mm. and start, he's taken by surprise, and that's the only time he's really taken by surprise. Yeah, exactly. And it's because she's actually bluffing, trying to bluff him. Mm. I mean, he's actually has worked it out there. But he's then, because she's then trying to bluff her way out of it. Yeah, he's suddenly a bit shocked because he's thinking, "No, this isn't this isn't what you want to do. You've already worked out that you can't do a deal with them." Yeah, precisely. Yeah, so I I does say that the, it wasn't the you know you so it was probably easy to figure out, but there was people's inte- her intentions. I don't think were were that clear. Really, no, as it was that double agent thing. Yeah. Which you know, which you once you know, kind of expect when you when you when you listen to it. So no, I, 
I thought this, this is a great one, and I will, I will gladly listen to this one any any time. Yeah. To be honest, I really would, though. It, it was a really great way to spend a couple of hours, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, I actually, we must mention um, Nicholas Briggs um, did the voice of the Cyber Leader and the other Cybermen a lot alongside Alistair Locke. And um, I think he did a lot for this one. I think he sort of directed it, did the music, and I think this is when... Big Finish really was a little cottage industry those early yeah. days um, and I think that's probably why it sounds more like a, cl- a classic Who story than anything they've, they've that I've listened to recently I think he wrote it as well did he write it as well? There you are yeah. then so. <laughs> all he needed to do was sing the theme tune <laughs> <laughs> and play the Doctor <laughs> oh God. yeah no I, I thought I thought it was really, really well done. Um, it's a really atmospheric. The music was great. The acting was great. Uh, I couldn't recommend this highly enough. I really couldn't. Yeah, totally. I agree with that. Cool, excellent. Should we leave that there? Yes, I think that's a good. T- that's a good time to 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 leave that. Actually, on a high, I feel on a high. Um, now that sort of um, wraps up this podcast. But what's coming up next? What's coming up before Twice Upon a Time? Well, next week, we've got two podcasts for you. We have our uh, Christmas special, uh, which will be out on the 23rd of uh, December. And um, we, we can announce now what that's going to be, can't we? Yes. Yes, we can, because we've um, long deliberated over this one, and uh, we finally got around to doing it. And we, we just thought, why the hell not? It's probably a lot of fun. And I, I, <laughs> I think it was when we did it. Uh, we're doing a commentary for K9 and Company. Yes. Yes. So um, you've got that to look forward to on the 23rd of December. But before then, um, at the beginning of the week, uh, I think it's around about the 18th or the 19th, there's going to be another um, video podcast coming out as well so um stay tuned for that as well and this this one is um all to do about a stunt casting in doctor who just to give you a little mm. a little hint of what what's to come there so um a bit of an action packed um week there and then after that obviously we'll be reviewing twice upon a time yes yes so uh, there we go through your tears yes through my tears as i <laughs> as i was picking up to hand me a tissue <laughs> 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 it's at that point where he has no choice because you moved your arm as well. <laughs> oh god. Okay then, so that just about wraps this uh, this particular podcast up. So um <laughs> until next time then. It is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. Podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He Podcast Facebook group. The Who's He Podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance.